Welcome to the Video Gamer UK podcast once again. Podcast? Podcast. Podcast. Fucked fucked it up right out the gate. Exactly. But we're not going back because this is unedited. uh, Raw in your face. Too raw TV, etc. I'm joined today by Simon Miller, who you just heard. Uh, Brett Phipps, Guides Editor. Uh, And uh, Steve Burns. Yeah, I'm here now. I'm back. I'm not behind... uh, I'm not premium content you're not, you're anymore. You're not behind the paywall anymore. <laughs> <laughs> like we didn't plan it that way. It's just how it worked out. I get behind the paywall. We just we're just busy people. Yeah, it's just how everyone. You know, uh, sometimes Burns has only got time to do like half an hour or whatever. Exactly. Let's but, talk about some but, fucking like, games. But two weeks in a row, it looked like that we were walling off Steve Burns. <laughs> <laughs> I'll wall off anyone if we have to. I mean, I'll get out of line. Where are they? They've been walled off by paywall. <laughs> Thinking so, about what they've done. It's like detention. It's like solitary <laughs> yeah, confinement. Exactly. Uh, right, got lots of stuff to talk about. Uh, Brett, first of all, Battlefield Hardline. You, yeah. you, you, you've reviewed it, haven't you? Yeah, I have. Yeah, I haven't yeah, read yeah. your review, but carry on. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't given it a score yet, have you? Because you're, you're going to wait till it's out in the wild properly in case yeah. the servers are booked like Battlefield 4 yeah because Battlefield doesn't have a good history of no, launch so <laughs> no. or then after it comes out and never gets fixed yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean it's not Halo level of fucked normally it's still fucked Halo uh, apparently it's just been fixed and it's all like yeah wait don't worry it's about Mars, it, it? Yeah. March that's five months ridiculous with Halo well, whatever you want but yeah um, it's um it's so frustrating that it's not as good as it could and should have been especially with like what I was talking uh, this morning about the start that the game makes it sets itself up for a game that could have been something where it puts a lot of emphasis on how you play it and the decisions that you make Yeah. and then about a third of the way through it just says no we're not going to put any weight or gravitas to what we're doing and we're just going to completely fuck it and throw it all out the window <laughs> And then just, you know, not care about any weight to this story. It's going to be stupid. It does have a really promising start. Like, I've Mm. only played the first couple of chapters. I I had a go of it last night because I knew we'd be talking about it today. Mm. Um, And I know people don't play Battlefield for the campaign, Mm. but it's probably, on paper, like, the most interesting sounding Battlefield campaign there's ever been. But I think you just hit the nail on the head there. This should have been the Battlefield that you play it for the campaign. This should be the one that span it back round. But they didn't. Fucked it. Yeah, Mm. yeah, exactly. Um, But it it could have been so good because they've done it like a... They've done it to feel like a television police procedural, Mm. right? And they've Mm. done it, like... You know, obviously they've they've got like shades of the wire in there. They've got shades of uh, the shield in mm. there, um, and uh, you do things like that aren't shooting, which I like about it. I mean, which mm. is a silly thing to say about a shooter, but you know, it gives you sort of it gives you points for arresting yeah. people. You feel bad when you shoot. Them. You yeah, feel bad because exactly. like, you're a cop. You when you're forced be. into a situation where you have to kill a criminal, yeah. you do feel like, oh shit, well, I've, I've, I've failed there. I failed, yeah. I failed my duty as a police officer or whatever. And I'm not expecting the game yeah. to make me fill out the fucking paperwork yeah. when I shoot someone. You know what I mean? <laughs> I didn't want it to go you that say, deep. You say that. You say, I'm being serious now, but it can work. Imagine, papers, please, did exactly, it. Exactly, papers, yeah. please. I would have appreciated a little bit of, let's sit down, can we make a, not a cop simulator, I don't mean yeah. like that, but I think... Like you say, I think I agree with Jim. I like the fact I haven't played it from what I've seen. I like the fact there's a slow bits to it. You know? Yeah, yeah. There's some bits where you get just to think yeah. and I kind of look at what you've done. And I think they could have worked that in and made yeah. you feel like a police. I exactly. love the Woman. idea. Imagine they did a shooter where for everyone in it you kill, you have to spend an hour filling out a form. Yeah. I take a work. Yeah. I, before Papers Please, I would have said that's madness, but I think Papers Please proves that 
with the right idea mm. and the right engagement that you but could make it work. Oh, yeah. There's no innovation without madness, is there? Well, exactly, it's but true. I, I said to Burns before we came in here that I feel like because of the whole development and what it came to be, I feel like Hardline is hampered by being a Battlefield game and the Battlefield parts of it are hampered by being a cops game, by yeah. being Hardline. And the two systems right. work really poorly in I've, that yeah. regard. It's try, I think it's trying to serve two masters. Exactly. It's just not yeah. working at all. But it, like, it does it does things I really like. Like yeah. you know, the, the stuff where you're, you've got that ridiculous like scanner thing. Yeah. That's obviously... Detective it, mode. This is meant... Exactly. It's, yeah. This is meant to be set in like contemporary USA. Yeah. But then yeah. they've got this... This fucking um, this AR mm. scanning evidence collecting device that's clearly from like twenty seventy five. Yeah, and, <laughs> and, uh, and also, imagine there was a time travel plot halfway through. <laughs> yes, I play back. it. I play it. But pistols haven't felt this good in a game in a very long time. That's, actually, a, that's a marketing line, right? There. They actually haven't put. They haven't put a, a lot of emphasis on. You know, pistols are the gun that you switch to when you run out of ammo in your main gun. But in this game, because like Goldeneye did that really well, your main gun was Original your Original Halo. Yeah, and your Resident water... Resident Evil 5. Good really? Pistols, yeah. Oh, Good of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. But this game, because you don't... Why would you have an assault rifle? Yeah, really? Exactly. That's, you know, because it is at least at the start. Exactly. Saying, right, you're a police officer, yeah. you're not a soldier, you're not... Yeah. And then you the, you have the like you say when you pull out your gun you think yeah. oh, I don't want to but when you use it it's got a good weight to it the sounds yeah, yeah. as always with a battlefield game is superb but then you start working through the progression system the expert level and you start unlocking assault rifles SMGs yeah. and shotguns like, why the that. fuck am I unlocking <laughs> Did they these? Did they tie that into the story? Do they explain no. why all of a sudden no. it literally just goes you, you just become got it now. Rambo that. the cop I love all that. of a sudden right last it. night because of the points I'd earned from not shooting people I unlocked a fucking shotgun that yeah. is weird <laughs> yeah, exactly. that is a bizarre like, system yeah and you also unlocked uh, health and ammo packs to give to my partners who yeah. can't run out of either because yeah. they're AI so they're not going to die it's not like a yeah, a, a yeah. co-op system where if they die the mission fails they just don't die at all yeah. so it was like why am I equipping these why can't I have something else like flashbangs you know I, you don't get any grenades in the game but if I had a flashbang which is a non-lethal thing or a stun grenade yeah. then it would work it makes sense but I'm getting ammo packs and it just doesn't work yeah yeah, there's just a lot in it that in, in some ways it feels like it's only it's only half thought out mm. like it's really half baked yeah. uh, which is which is a shame because there's a, like it's got a lot of potential a lot mm. of the ideas in it feel like if they had I don't know if they had more more like if they were better designed if they had more thought put into them they would work extremely well it yeah. could have been a really good police procedural oh, game been. but yeah. the game can't work though can it you can't believe they actually thought that it could you can't have a game. Called, you can't have a battlefield game. Yeah. In an urban environment. Yeah. yeah. Essentially. Yeah. But I think that you've hit the nail on the head. Things. Like I, I'd put all of my money. Which granted, isn't a lot, but I put all my money <laughs> on the fact that at one point this was just hardline. And then yeah, you know, when we cannot release, we have to back. We have to give it some a marketing edge, and Battlefield mm. does well. So we have. I can imagine. Then it was like, well, yeah. then it's like, then you have to come from it the other way. Well, we can't release a Battlefield game without X, Y, and Z, and all of a sudden you end with this mismatch. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Of, you know, Battlefield just, needs tanks. It needs big explosions yeah like you said Battlefield and then it's a police game even yeah. that itself is weird Battlefield's it's not called Battle with State is it yeah. Yeah. Battlefield's about about taking land yeah about gradually especially in um, in Rush uh, mm. you know moving up yeah and uh, yeah taking you know attrition the attritional parts of war mm. are represented very well yeah and that's why Conquest is so good as well that gradual progression mm. up through the the bases that you take and that's why it's so good like you feel yourself either losing or winning the battle slowly but surely. And then that, that early stage when you take like A and B and then the fight for C becomes 
a long fight and then slowly you either take D or lose B and then that progression works really well mm. in a battlefield game and then that doesn't work because of the, the tools at your disposal that you need they become ineffective or overpowered in a, in a like you say an urban environment mm. where suddenly you've got cop cars and SUVs I mean, and what, just, it just doesn't work I mean I, it's probably going to boil everyone's piss but you know the best battlefield campaign is still the one that I worked on that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Bad Company too. Bad Company. Bad Company's really good. It's a really exactly. good game. Characterization, personality, doesn't take it seriously. Yeah, that's right, Steve Burns. <laughs> Written and composed by Steve Burns. <laughs> so, but, yeah, it's Some just, people now are going to think you wrote the original No, I didn't write Bad it. Company. I didn't write it. You look in the, uh, the, the box and game and it's like Steve Burns' Battlefield Bad Company. <laughs> <laughs> well, if we're doing that, the best game ever made is, uh, what's it called? That PSP soccer game. I don't know. World Tour Soccer? Was that a PSP game? Um, I worked on World Tour Soccer 2. I'm in that it. manual. There you go. There I you worked go. on it. I wrote the instruction manual. <laughs> <laughs> Literally provided nothing for that game. You just wrote your name in the manual and you just hit enter and then yeah, pretty <laughs> done. Much, pretty much. <laughs> there you go. Also, Shinobido. There you go. I wrote the instruction manual for that as well. Moving on. Look at this corruption. Yeah. The instruction manual starts with first, let's talk about power. <laughs> 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 but... Uh, yeah, uh, Battlefield. It's it's disappointing that it's not better. Basically. Yeah, it could. It, and and I I'm totally agree with you. You got a lot of stick for saying this on a video a couple of days ago. But mm. if that if it, if it didn't have anything to do with the Battlefield license, and mm. as you say, Miller, it was just hardline. I think it would have been a much better game. Yeah, it could have been. <laughs> it could have been the fucking Sherlock Holmes versus Jack the Ripper of <laughs> contemporary times, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> sadly was not to be. But yeah, I'm, I'm going to work through the campaign. It did enough for me to be interested. Yeah. I like I like it when it usually f- dies on its arse, but I like it when a video game tries to be structured like a season of good television mm. because at least it's not trying to look like a film then. Mm. It's different as well, isn't yeah. it? I mean, it, 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 yeah, it, you, yeah. you're more interested simply because you think, well, it doesn't feel like anything else I've played. But yeah. it does sound like you're going to get... I, I'll play it as well, yeah, mostly yeah. for the first 90 minutes, I think. But it yeah. does sound like I'm going to get 90 minutes in and it goes, nah, fuck that. Let's see, I am interested shoot everybody. Yeah, yeah. to see which... Because there is a very definitive twist in the sense of how the game turns on its head yeah. about a third of the way in and I'm interested to see how people react to that moment because yeah. the, the, the plot pretzels itself and just completely oh, goes I, I, everything is up. like everything is like textbook modern um, American TV drama as well mm. the very first scene is set three years after yeah. the rest of it yeah yeah all this it kind just of sound shit like, it sounds, <laughs> like, it sounds <laughs> like Call of Horrors the cartel it's, it's not as bad ex- as that it I does know. Sound, I know what you mean it's very similar but yeah. it's not as I mean buggy. it couldn't be as bad as that it's not allowed yeah, <laughs> it's also really, really sort of confusing on a technical level because, like, it runs at. I wish Dave was here. Runs at solid sixty. Um, oh, most of the time. Most of the time, mm. yeah. But it it, it it maintains that pretty well. The cutscenes don't. Feels really good. Mm. Um, like it feels really good just to aim and shoot. It's mm. got that sort of you know that. The, when, when when they get that kind of you know the weight of the weapons right as mm. you were saying it's just like that 30 second gameplay loop thing it just yeah. feels good to shoot a gun they've mm. got that nailed mm. like um but and the, the look of it though is weird because like everything is technically really good there's really good texturing there's really good like uh it, it, it just looks good yeah except it doesn't because it's got yeah. this really flat lighting that exactly. makes everything look like yeah. a game from 1999 yeah I thought that. exactly I thought. every now and then like you say the lighting looks really good you'll run across and there'll be a, like, a street light that hits a puddle really nice and oh that looks good and then you run across and there'll be a wall 
that looks like, you know, like when the Unreal Engine doesn't load a level yet and you're thinking, oh, the textures will <laughs> pop in in a minute. And it doesn't. You think that is actually what the wall looks like. Yeah. And you think, oh, well, why I imagine does it, it being better? on everything under the sun doesn't help either. Mm, you know, that's yeah, true. There's, there's definitely yeah. some cross gen but, but, I mean, to be fair, like to get it running as, as, as smoothly as it does and to have it being cross gen and it must have been quite difficult mm. so you know mm. but yeah it, 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 it's a game of like it, it, it's it's 50% shit basically yeah it's like every aspect of it is, is got the box. This, <laughs> <laughs> every aspect of it is just um it, it has a, an even division of things where you can see like the good things That's, they've yeah. achieved and also see exactly where it falls on it you know. yeah it's a great way of describing it right? it's not so, like you can just cut that line in half and say this is the shit bit this is good because like I said, yeah. there's nuances that are good and there's little bits you think oh why'd you do that there's definitely that yeah, sense yeah. of you can find the, the points that you enjoy but then easily see where it's hampered yeah, as well totally I, I like I, I don't want I don't want to dislike it as well it's one of these games where and I've never given a shit about Battlefield. Or, mm. But, but again, I, think that's the, I, I really want to like it. I think that's why this was, exactly why it's failed, because it's got you interested, because yeah. it's not doing the usual Battlefield stuff, but then yeah. them feeling they have to do, I'm repeating myself, but then feeling they have to do the original Battlefield stuff makes you feel alienated again. Yeah, Which yeah. is why it's such a mistake. This is why sometimes, you know, relying on your big franchise to sell copies isn't necessarily a good idea. Mm. So all you do is piss people off. Battlefield players would be like, well, it's not bat- really Battlefield. And then, you know, people yeah. like yourself, Jim, would be like, oh, it's not really what I was hoping it would be. You just yeah, get yeah. GTA Five. The heists are incredible. There you go. There's your fucking game. <laughs> oh, and it's also got GTA Five. I did feel like actually... In the, GTA 5 heist comes with GTA 5. <laughs> Free GTA 5 and GTA go. Online Heist. <laughs> Pretty much. In the first, um, uh, like one of, one of the first levels of Battlefield Hardline when you're you're going through that that pro- the project, yeah, the housing yeah. estate in Miami and it's a shithole and mm. it's like... Actually, I thought it was LA for the first... Like you drive I around said the this when I, I went to play it. it. I yeah. thought that and then I he said, it, that's Miami. Because it was like, it looked like Olympic Boulevard. It looked like where our, where our hotel was last year. And I was like, fuck, I recognize this. And then, mm. oh no, it's Miami. Right. It's like as if e- basically any sun-drenched city on that <laughs> continent <laughs> yeah. is, just looks the same. Yeah. It's all it's a true. shittle. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it was, it was really eerie. Like the McDonald's and the Seven Eleven were in the same places really? and everything. It was fucking bizarre. They fucked it. Yeah. <laughs> what? They fucked Miami. Yeah, they fucked. To the point where I did start wondering: was this originally meant to be LA, but they set it in Miami, <laughs> like halfway through development, and they were just like, just fucking change some of the streets around. Yeah. Well, just call it Miami in the dialogue. Nobody outside of uh, <laughs> Orange County is going to notice. Um, but yeah. What a pity. Yeah, it, oh, it's, Jim it's, was really sad. Yeah. That's all, it broke can, a little bit see, in his face. Yeah, he, just, he wasn't happy. I see that descend then. Did really, anyone, really did, did like anyone surprised? I'm not surprised, but I really hope they'd, they'd pull it out of the bag. But you know? Because we've that's all a, had that's better ideas. That's a ridiculous ideas. statement, Jim. <laughs> you can't be like, well, this game sounds preposterous, but I really hope it well, works. No, but like on on paper, yeah, it exactly. sounds really good. And the but problem is, it, we've all had better ideas sound really for good. it. Does it sound really good? What a cop I game! Think a cop sh- it I was more been. interested. A battlefield game. No, no where that, you yeah. play in tiny maps and <laughs> yeah. don't do anything related to battlefield. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A battlefield yeah. game. Where you play, why is it called battlefield? I was more interested when I found out it had these like you know yeah. moments of reflection, if you want to call it that. But, but this then, was this was the funny thing when I was telling it to you and I told you how bad it got. That was when you suddenly went, "I want to play it now." Well, that's a shame because we're going to talk about the end. 
ending because it's unfair. But how it ends, it's a shame they didn't just go, you know what, let's have fun with this. Because that would have been, I would have loved that game. Yeah, I love yeah. that game to the end of time. Mm. But like unfortunately, you can't, <laughs> yeah, you can't have fun with games anymore. That's I'd not rather allowed. play Die Hard Vendetta. How, <laughs> about, how about that? It's a good game, though. That whole Die Hard trilogy. Oh, so people think, game. people are always like, Steve, you're really down on games. It's like, yeah, but some games, when they're announced, sound fucking dreadful this is one of those games it is one right. of those where it's like just shoehorning Battlefield if, it, just, it, was, if it was pitched to you not as Battlefield Polis right but, but if it was Battlefield <laughs> <laughs> Polis I'd play if, that one but if it was pitched to you as uh, you know EA are doing a big uh, AAA big budget action game and that's the name it's going to be that, as well EA doing big budget action <laughs> game AAA that, that is heavily inspired by US cop dramas such as The Shield yeah, with the Frostbite Does that not engine. sound like... Yeah, good. but you forget that I worked for that firm, so I know exactly how they... <laughs> exactly. Don't pulls out a caveat, but what about this? <laughs> exactly how they fucking compromise themselves at any and all opportunity, mate. Don't worry. Like, I think it does it for me... Like, yeah, but what if I then punched you in the throat? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> what if an alien came down and eradicated us all? If we get on wearing size 11s, I could shove up your ass. It's almost one of those that a lot of people on Gaff, and most of them, you know, deserve shooing, but there are, sometimes they make some good points. One of them is it feels like it sounded like it started something else, like you said, Miller, but like, but as a mod, yeah, rather mm. than anything else. And the two parts of it are not compatible. Mm. In my eyes, at least. Oh, and I from agree. the very start, as soon as I hear Battlefield, Battlefield, but it's now in the urban jungle. Yeah. I just think, this is Urban Strike. You know, the yeah. second sequel to Desert Strike it's that like no fucker wanted to play. <laughs> what, what sums it up is that this is obviously... That Predator 2 game, though, set, <laughs> would be amazing, right? Set in LA. This is obviously heavily... The single player is supposed to be its USP, really. But then what were they showing last year at E3? The multiplayer. And I think that sums it up. It's yeah. this whole thing about... The, the focusing on the wrong mm. stuff because I, I didn't care about for Hardline I played it multiplayer I thought fine <clears throat> so I said at the time it feels mm. like a mod but then when I did hear there was more to it that's when I, I still wasn't I did it sounds bad but I still didn't think it would be good I just didn't I had this gut feeling mm. <laughs> but I did start thinking that interests me more mm. and that's when you start looking at it going you can't always shoehorn these things into the same well it's Battlefields we've got to market it like this I'd have much preferred it if they had pushed this cop thing I yeah. know we all knew what it was but not to the degree like it must have been E3 when they showed the... Whenever they released, maybe it was the Gamescom thing, they released that long trailer, which was part of the single player. Yeah. And again, that was you just running around some like lot shooting people in the face. Yeah. It's like, oh, this is bollocks. <laughs> and we watched that, didn't we, Miller? And we were just kind of going, excuse me? Exactly. It was just like, it was so off. It was just so wrong. Yeah. It just sounds like they didn't know... Even I'm talking way back when the concept, but they didn't know what they could have potentially had. Mm. They went with all the wrong kind well, of no, stuff it, to the point it was just weird. But it does feel like that thing again. Imagine being the writer who said, you know, he wanted that or she wanted that serious yeah. cop game, and then suddenly the marketers come in and say, oh no, but you need. What if you did this and you made it shooty yeah. shooty bang bang, and, he, and then they just go. I didn't want that. Yeah, exactly. Get, like, all the money hands get in on it. This gritty... Trust me, the money hands were there to begin with. <laughs> it's the other way around. The money hands are in the office. <laughs> Visceral in today, I think. <laughs> <laughs> you got that bullet point list? Yeah, I got it. Don't worry. So, yeah, we want to, we want to do a, a, a gritty, sort of realistic cop drama, mm. like what they've got on the telly, except we also still want to have the fucking evil mountain island bases. Yeah, yeah. And, and, an and we need a QT. tank. We need to get a tank <laughs> in the streets. It is weird. Though, also, someone has to have a nuke I don't know yeah. of course <laughs> I thought I was going to hate Hardline like genuinely have it but I don't hate it I think I'm more disappointed in it but yeah, yeah it's weird I've, yeah. I've found that I've got a soft spot for it yeah. mm. like, it's, a, it's a pet obsession of video like when Hardline was announced I wrote something saying people 
constantly people are like oh it's going to be like heat and it's like yeah but heat only works because of what's around that scene yeah. otherwise that scene is a you know a technical it's two men talking <laughs> yeah it's, it's a technical marvel the shootout but it's the rest of the three hours of the movie which informed that scene and why there's so much pressure associated mm. with it why it's so tense and it's like i want more games which have the other bits and there's this obsession with heist games that people are like oh it's going to be like heat it's like yeah well, if you want to play the Heat video game, just buy the original Kane and Lynch, which has the best heist mode. Well, it did until GTA came out. It was good. The multiplayer, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, Fragile yeah, Alliance, good, yeah. where you can, you know, you can choose to fuck over your people, you know, mm. even right at the death. And I just think it needs to, it needs to go. What it is is people get excited. I think about the idea. You know, you're in love with the idea of me, but it's unworkable. Like, how is a, he- a heist films are about tension? are about a group of people you get to know doing things that they know and you know probably won't work, but striving for some sort of crazed rainbow that will never happen. And it, do- it doesn't happen. In this one, it's like, the cops are coming. I've died. <laughs> oh no, I'll just respawn. It doesn't fucking work. Like heists in GTA work yeah. because they're multi-part, because you are rewarded for your loyalty towards other players, because someone at the start has to put the money up. You're invested. Mm. This, on the other hand just don't think it was ever going to work i think it's a shame i think you know rather than be like what pile of shit is it's a shame that it couldn't you know live up to whatever it originally intended to be Mm. and whether or not the delay had a big you know was a big shift in parameters during that i don't know but it certainly sounds like it's not Mm. you know oh well well. oh well well we've uh i I think we've done enough on battlefield now Uh, just uh, (laughs) (laughs) it's a shame shed a small tear for the procedural cop drama that it could be Burns, you've been playing Hotline Miami too. I have. Yeah, uh, you've already reviewed it. You've already played it for fifty-two it. hours. You played it for fifty-two hours. Did you really play it, or did you leave it on for a bit? And it, the yeah. car rang up. You, <laughs> left, you, sit down. you left my fucking computer on in the office on overnight, running oh, Hotline Miami too. <laughs> oh, so that's where the forty hours. Because came apparently from. he wants to burn Croydon down. Yeah. <laughs> just, just to clarify, I did, it's not like I left going. <laughs> I hit shut down, and the game, and I had a few problems with it, where the game itself, the process still runs after you quit the game. And so Steam was like, wah, we can't fault you. You had the full shutdown screen. So when I clicked that, that, thought, that's the noise that Steam makes. Wah. Wah. I thought you said Sting. <laughs> sting flew in. Anyway, look, you're doing this wrong. Came in on the chopper. Yeah. Put me in the uh, fucking Scorpion Deathlock or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> leaving it on overnight. So. <laughs> yeah, the correct him. You couldn't let that lie. You had to make sure you got the name right. What? A different move. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Jeez, fuck me. I was like, make sure. Uh, so Hotline Miami 2 is a, it was a, a very interesting game it's fascinating I think it's one of those which is almost like the Matrix Reloaded mm. thing where they go now put more and I I, I loved the feedback uh, from Gaff obviously Chris Thurston at PC Gamer uh, reviewed it he gave it 57 which is yeah, a bit, quite a bit lower than what I'd given it but broadly our points were, were the same and oh the amount of abuse he was getting on his own comments <laughs> and and like, bear in mind that the embargo broke before the game was commercially available. And then about five hours later, I popped back into Gaff and they were like, oh, actually, some of these things are problems. Like, wow, guys, imagine if you just waited to play the game before yeah. you started uh, having people that played it for 52 hours, like myself. But uh, <laughs> it's, um, it's everything you liked about Hotline Miami. They've gone, no, nah, we're not going to do that anymore. It's crazy. It's one of, I, I'm all for sequels that go in different directions. But you still have to maintain, I feel, some consistency. And Hollow Miami is so revered because 
you pick a level, you pick a mask, you go in, you hone your time. There's all the scoring criteria is about moving quickly, about being bold, about yeah. being brash. But the levels in Hotline Miami 2, A, you can't choose a mask in a lot of them. B, you're locked into you know the single character with a, a lot of his own uh, attributes that you can't change. And C, the levels are too big for you to really... Well, I mean, people are doing it on fucking gaff. People are you know posting their scores, their S rankings and stuff like that. Mm. You no, know, it would always appeal to certain people who you know are amazing at the game. However, I just thought... Too much of that. Too, the levels are too big. There's an entire subplot with a soldier, mm. which is terrible. It's absolutely terrible. Yeah, it's yeah. like Cannon Fodder 2. <laughs> and <laughs> what, like the bits on Mars and shit? The, the alien time travel plot, <laughs> which would have made just as much sense. But there is stuff to really, really like in it. There are some characters which are really good. Is it the first or second best game set in Miami released this month? It is the. Mm, it is probably the first best game right, set. Right, in Miami. Better, than, better than Hardline. So it's it's an interesting game. Yeah. Fascinating. Like I said, I'd love to speak to the the guys because they were saying the Denton guys was like, "This is the one we always wanted to make," which is or this is one where we threw everything into it, mm. which is the precise moment you know they fucked it. Yeah. Like yeah. any film director or game maker that says, "This is the one." when they've had a massive classic True. before, will fuck it. Yeah, if they because get no control. one's saying no. Yeah. It's like the Wachowskis, they made The Matrix, no one really got it apparently at Warner, but they then they made Bound, which was really cool and stylish, and they'd written Assassin. They made Bound before The Matrix, didn't they? Yeah, they were making Bound as kind of, apparently the story yeah, goes yeah. to appease the executives who are like, yeah. why are we giving this money to these fucking guys mm-hmm. who don't <laughs> seem to know a lot about you know, we can't really decipher their story about fucking AIs and, you know, all that sort of shit. <laughs> because we're fucking idiots. Yeah, well... <laughs> and we're all in our fucking 60s. Exactly. But then, you know, so that happened and and there were a lot of restrictions, essentially, on the Matrix because it was uh, the studio's project. Mm. Then it made fucking infinity trillion dollars and they went, guys, just do whatever you want. It's mm. like, well... <laughs> yeah, you're doing yeah. that, that creative that was, control. That was the thing. Yeah, gets yeah. given to the guys. Yeah. you know, at the top, yeah. then there is that sense that you need someone yeah. to say, "Hang on a minute, there, there let's was, remember." Yeah, yeah. There, there was no leash on Matrix Reloaded. There, there is, there, there, is, there, there are like threads of a good film in there. Mm. I really like the Matrix trilogy for what it is. You know, after mm. the dust settles and ten years later, you can watch them and be like. I know they oh, I think it, the second one is the third one is unwatchable. Yeah, and yeah. the second one I watched on a plane. I used to actually be a bit of an apologist for the second movie because I was well while we were waiting for the third one. So I was like, okay, well the strands are there, like you say. Mm. Oh my life! It's one of these things as well where this is this is in no way an excuse. They are fucking terrible films, but mm. um, when when you when you like when you watch the Animatrix and you and you read up on some of the the sort of supplemental lore and stuff, there are things about it about that universe that make more sense. Um, and it's uh, it sh- it's just another thing that should have been a lot better than it well, was. Well, some yeah. of the Animatrix uh, mm, what are we gonna, installments yeah. are mm. fantastic. My favourite of them is World Record. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. absolutely brilliant. And uh, because it, but again, it's almost like the antithesis of those sequels, where it's like less is more. Like I, <clears> you know, we get it. Yeah, yeah. You know, we don't need. It's like glimpses of that universe. Glimpses. Yeah, so, we don't need a thousand shots of yeah. Neo being fucking karate Jesus do you know what I mean it's like we don't need all that he is oh, the Jesus in South Park that, isn't that he massive those, all those bullet time sequences on the motorway though with the fucking two 
trucks crash the together. motorway Shit, scene yeah. is fantastic yeah in fact if you just watch the motorway scene and just yeah. forget the rest of the film yeah uh, it turns into an amazing yeah. sort of uh like it, it feels like a really big budget channel four short which is good yeah <laughs> i mean um, hollow mammy isn't anywhere near as hubris adult yes as, yeah, but yeah. i think there mm. is a is i mean major shiro did is peak hubris not even george went that far i was, I was yeah. just about to say george lucas is another example but maybe no he didn't go he didn't Matrix go that reloaded far. his what, fucking peak burns what, exactly. what i love about george lucas as well is every time you hear an interview with someone who worked with george they all sound as exacerbated and tired of the idea of working with him oh everyone's <laughs> like yeah he's a fucking prick because <laughs> yeah. no fucker can tell him what to do yeah everyone, you know. everyone goes on about george, george lucas's vision and shit as well yeah you're you got vision fucking vision <laughs> Like, just made Buck Rogers with fucking light yeah, swords. Exactly. Made <laughs> laser swords. There you go. It was a fucking. It was a fucking update of Flash Gordon with with seventies prosthetics. That yeah. was it. Yeah. Well, it isn't Star Wars. Other people did the best bits. Yeah. Exactly. Oh yeah. Exactly. So, I like Star Wars. Yeah, I like I yeah, like, but Lucas I like Star a... Wars as well. Oh, okay, Lucas, I don't know what the just, fuck he's doing. Of course, I like Star Wars. I can't not like Star Wars. Imagine not liking Star Wars. <laughs> exactly. So, Hollow Mummy Two, interesting. Uh, I, you know, like I said, I'd love to speak to the uh, the people that made it, but at the same time, you make that sound so menacing. You don't mean that in a threatening way. Let, let's just no, clarify. I'd like to talk. I'd like to discuss with them. Mm. Their, uh, how they settled on the design, not in, yeah. not as in find them and bring them to the, me. The process. <laughs> Uh, the decisions they made that led to Hotline Miami 2 being the way it is mm. not, yes. not Steve Burns wants to fucking get them behind the desk and be like mm. listen um, yeah I've started playing Hotline Miami I'm not very far in at all but you, like you say the, the the first game did encourage boldness you to take that chance mm -hmm. in, but what I found when I played the, the opening few levels of the second one is it's very much a case of edge out and retreat and it's yeah. Of, and, yeah. and that's not what I enjoy I'm, I'm like you say, boldness is rewarded with a higher score. Whereas in this one, I, I feel like I cannot take the chance because I, the levels are so mm. big and I cannot and see what And it's very gun-focused as well. Exactly. And I cannot see what I'm going into. Mm. So I have to sort of edge out and bring the, the enemies to me, whereas I could go yeah. into that environment. Yeah. And I it's mean, just, you know... The great thing about Hotline Miami, I mean, it's it's not a particular... Like, it's not a revelation to, to, to come out with it. But, like, all the encounters, all the levels, even though it's, it is a top-down shooter, it feels more like a puzzle game than a shooter. Mm, yeah. And Hotline Mount 2, from what I've seen of it, just looks like the, the spaces are too open mm. um, for, for that to, to come across. So then mm. it starts feeling like a bad shooter rather than... Yeah, you know, a really a really clever puzzle game yeah. that has the shooting skin over it. Definitely. If you think that the so. opening, if you think that Hotline Miami, in a way, is like the opening of Leon, yeah, where he takes out all those all those guys in different ways and he play, you know, in like that apartment. And the second one is just, you know, First Blood Two. It's like Rambo. It's mm. like yeah, digga, 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 digga. yeah. But also, Miller, while we're, uh, I would defend Hotline Miami too, and uh, I know this will get your goat. Is that someone said on Twitter yesterday? They were like, you know what? I think that I can't remember who it is. So if you listen to this, get fucked. But um, <laughs> endearing. They were like, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm thinking that the soundtrack of Hotline Miami Two is doing like a lot of the work for the game. And instantly, my mind flashed back to, you know, this game would be very good if Batman wasn't in it. <laughs> <laughs> but Batman. It's is in the game and the soundtrack yeah, is in I the just, game. <laughs> I never understand it. It's, it. it's if like when it comes to a video game, unless the game, you know, you can only, you can only judge the gameplay. You can't, you know, it's like, I'm going to use wrestling terminology, but you know, Paul Heyman, if you don't know, and he's quite a 
ingenious do within wrestling. But he said, you know, you play to your strengths and you hide your weaknesses. So if you're a video game designer and you realize, well, the game is okay, but I've got much, I'm much more creative when it comes to music or, you know, sound design or, or level design or environments, whatever you think, well, I'm going to focus on that and I'll make sure the game is passable, but it'll be everything else that sort of makes the experience. There's nothing wrong with that. No. <laughs> Imagine people saying that about, like, fucking Guitar Hero. I was just thinking that. Yeah, Rock Band. This game's a bag of shit if I can't press buttons along to fucking sting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just, rock Band be shit without a soundtrack, wouldn't this it? This film is, would be terrible without actors and a script. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. <laughs> Cheers. I, I get it. I see what people are saying, but at the same time, it's like you have to. A video game is is more than just you know holding a controller and then and then pushing buttons. That's a hangover, Melon. Yeah, you're, you're it's a hangover from the days when people uh, bleep blop. Were, instead of like holistically speaking, they would go, okay, what are the graphics like? Yeah. Now, what's the sound yeah, like? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It would be broken down rather yeah, than... experiences now. Yeah. Imagine how fucked we would have been if we were all from the previous generation of, of games media people who had to review fucking Amiga games. We have to really know your shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and have, have to be really good yeah, at exactly. hard games. Yeah. We'd all be fucked. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'd be proud, though. That's because most of those games are, were, were, broke, were unplayable. But, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> most of my favourite games have you know sort of climbed up to that level due to it being a good soundtrack or you know environments or mm. scale of setting or whatever you know the first one that comes to mind is Shadow the Colossus Shadow the Colossus is a great game but it becomes better because of its soundtrack which is just unique and yeah, compelling yeah. and you know mm. enthralling and stuff and it's the same with Valiant Hearts which I'm playing now as well the soundtrack makes that game it, it is mean, very it, good, actually. It, it, yeah. it I didn't much into, like it, but... No, no, I read your review, and I, th- I think you make some good points, but I mean, it ties you into the emotional side of it, because mm. it's what music can do, and it's like, mm. it's a smart mechanic That's why to use. it's there. Exactly, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. It, it won't be a secret to anyone. My, my, fa- my favourite games are, uh, certainly of the last, like, 15 years, are Morrowind and, uh, and, and Mass Effect trilogy. And when, when I think about them, um, what what sticks out is the the little musical notes, yeah. like the, mm. the the music of the galaxy map in Mass Effect. Mm. Such a small part of like you know a, a trilogy that that takes you what like two hundred hours to get through. Mm. But that's what that's what I always go back to is yeah. is, 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 is that little moment. The um, the 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 incidental music in Morrowind, where nothing's happening and you're just walking mm. along a road to the next town. And it's got that, that really sort of stirring kind of or- orchestral soundtrack. Yeah, you feel like something big's about to happen. Exactly, yeah. and like it's uh, it, it's it's a bit of a nonsense to suggest that that's sort of somehow cheating. It's mm. like but that just means those elements are working. With yeah, a game exactly. like Hotline Miami, I actually think it's even more ingenious because it is a game that you could describe as old school, for lack of a better term, mm. in terms you are trying to do well and you're trying to you know get a score. Mm. But if that you know if those developers can ensure that that works. And then you also, for those who want the experience side of thinking, get that too. Then I think it's a you know it's, it's an ingenious move more than anything else. Mm. Hollow so, Miami Two and Hollow Miami's soundtrack are the game. Mm, you know, yeah. it's, it's not too far to say that without them, they would be phenomenally poorer. Mm. And so, yeah, oh well. But Batman's not in it, so fuck it. Fuck yeah. it. <laughs> Hollow Miami would be better if Batman was in it. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Life. <laughs> I'd be a better person if I was Batman. No, <laughs> you wouldn't. <laughs> ba- Batman, Batman would be sheer if you were him. <laughs> Batman, Batman, the fucking billionaire, roid adult fascist. Ba- ba- Batman's a fucking. <laughs> Let's not get into this. <laughs> <laughs> I love Batman, but he is a fucking wet dream for like like American cable news. Essentially, that like Batman is what Glenn Beck wants to be. <laughs> like, he will be one day. <laughs> Imagine him like crying while like punching criminals. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Right, uh, Miller. Yep, damn right. It's time. <laughs> <laughs> you asked me what I'd been playing. I asked you what you've been, what you want to talk about in the podcast, Miller. Super Mario Brothers Three. <laughs> oh yes, yes. Well, I'm in. Here's the thing. It's a niche classic. So exactly. Over the last week, I've been playing Valiant Hearts. So only talk about that. Talked about it last week. Plenty out there about it. So what else have you been playing? Been playing Super Mario Bros. 3 on my NES-themed Game Boy Advance. And the reason I wanted to chat about it is, A, I find it incredible that a game came out in, what, early 90s, whenever it was. Yeah. It's still better than most of the stuff I play today. <laughs> but more importantly, is is one of those games, it's kind of what we chatted about last week. I guess maybe that's why it made a bigger impression on me. It's one of those games where... I can play it and enjoy it. I can give it to you and you can enjoy it. I can give yeah. it to my girlfriend and she enjoy it. Give it to my mum. And if as long as I can explain the basics, she'll enjoy it. But it doesn't patronise and it doesn't talk down to anyone. Mm. It's not a kid's game and stuff. It's just, I mean, going back to what we were just saying, it works so well because of how good it is to play. But obviously, Mario's got everything else going for it as well. And it just made me realise that, you know, what we said last week is true. There aren't these kind of games anymore. Mm. They have they have floated away. And it, I mean, apart from Nintendo, obviously, but that's a hangover from what they've always been doing. And yeah, I was just playing. I was like, this game is, it should have aged. Like, it should have aged by now, but it hasn't. It's as mm. fun and as gripping and as uh, as challenging as it was, you know. And it, it does that, all Mario games do it, but I think maybe 3 and World do it the best, where you, you, the quickest way to get punished in those games is to get overly confident. Mm-hmm. Like, I've been playing Mario Go for years. I know how to get through this level. I'm going to run through it, and then it will throw something in your way. There you go. That's what you get for not being patient. And it's just... You know, I can understand that, and even a four-year-old can understand that. Like, it doesn't take a genius to say, you did that too fast, mm-hmm. slow down, and you'll learn how to play this game. Mm, yeah. I just, it's just, you know, it's, it's, that's the kind of games that I miss more, more than anything, is experiences like that, because <clears throat> I, I don't mind, I, I like them, they're some of my favorite games, but the big blockbuster, you know, AAA experiences are, are they're fun, and they're, you know, they're, they're entertaining, but they don't, I'm not going to play... Even something like Modern Warfare, which I think is one of the best first-person shoes ever, but I doubt I'll be playing that in 20 years mm. and going... I'll probably remember, mm. you know, I remember why this was so important, but I mm. won't be playing going, it's still relevant right now. Yeah. And yeah. of course, a big thing of that is technology, because obviously you, you're confined by the technology you have at the time. And mm. the, the good thing about retro games is that they have this... Kind timeless of nost- look timeless look and yeah. nostalgia you know there's, there's a big thing whereas you know if you're if you're pushing frame rates and resolution you that's always going to improve and eventually you go back like goldeneye yeah. you go yeah. back to goldeneye like this is <laughs> unplayable mess it's amazing yeah. that like games from the from the 16-bit era have have aged so much better yeah. than like, games Anything from else. the 32-bit era yeah. like the stuff from the ps1 n64 oh, it's unplayable it's, it's shite it's yeah. a fucking Mario 64, still good yeah. <laughs> I think uh, with you say about first-person shooters, Miller. The point, um, the point about Mario, just to go back for a second, is what you're talking about is is everything in it is built towards player agency. It's built towards Mm. the player being able to pick up the mechanics Mm -hmm. and then use them in a way in which they either succeed or fail, Mm. but to never interrupt them while they're making a mistake. Exactly. However, like. So modern games don't like this whole walking shit that you have to do to load, like, like whatever. Yeah. And also, but you say about shooters, the reason why Doom persists is because its design is exactly the same in a lot of ways as the Mario design. Yeah. Here are the rules. The game is meant to be played at a certain speed 
off you go mm-hmm. go yeah. and work it out yeah, exactly it's not it, it's just it's stylized it's you know it's not meant to be re- look realistic even though at the time you're like it, oh my days have you seen <laughs> this in contrast to that you know we're talking about like sort of uh, old, old older games which have just simple rules that it teaches you without being intrusive and blah 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 one thing I didn't mention about Battlefield Hardline earlier was that in those initial um, sort of in that initial two hours mm. you take five steps and it tells you it pauses the game it stops yeah. everything mm. throws up a screen going press this button to do this yeah yeah and that keeps happening it's horrid it it's is horrid. A, even stuff you've already done yeah press like people will get it they, yeah. they, they, children get it children learn intuitively of course because they mm. Have no to quite a big capacity frame of reference for the lot, and you know they have exactly. to take things and associate them with other stuff. So you know, but you're we know how to walk. Like I want an option at the start of every fucking game to say, mm. "Have you played a first-person shooter?" Mm. Yeah, it's Call of Duty controls. Bye. I love some yeah, and off your Assassin's Creed. Have you played Assassin's Creed before? Just even just once. Yeah, the first five hours just get chopped. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, I'm back. <laughs> when is AI yeah, and not don't do jump? it. Sorry, I need to jump in because no, no, I forget. No. Don't do it how Metal Gear Solid 2 does it, where it asks you riddles and it goes, oh, <laughs> and you maybe. miss, it, you and miss, you miss two hours of fucking game. Yeah. <laughs> I have to start again after getting bullied at school. Yeah. Anyway, go on, But bro. yeah, it's, it's that thing. The reason why Mario is so good as well is because it lets you play it how you want as well. Like you can speed run that game in 20 minutes mm. if you want to. Or if you've got the time, you can go through and play every single level. Mm. There's so many different paths you can take and enjoy it at your own leisure. I do think that, um, and this is now my, I've completely evolved now into that guy, but I do think where that's happening the most is that indie games and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. You know, it's just, you know, stuff like, although it's probably, oh, no, I wouldn't even say it is. I mean, Rogue Legacy is, is tough, but I think give a child, you know, mm. feed, a, feed a man, no, if, you know, give a child, <laughs> you know, give it, if you give a child time, I do think it would take them obviously longer just because of, you know, whatever, mm. hand to coordinate, I don't know, coordination, but I don't think it's, a million miles away from, you know, the, the good thing about Rogue Legacy is the core, you know, and I don't mean to sound like a hypocrite to what we talked about a minute ago, I don't mean that, but I mean it's, it doesn't have sort of age boundaries, that's the point, well, it, no, the idea is all sunk into the, well, the no, core idea of it. The mechanics are always complicated, but the visuals are, are good for anyone to play, like, as a kid I played Mega Man, I never got anywhere in Mega Man, same with Punch-Out, I never got beyond the first hmm. championship, but na- because I've put the hours in, I've put thousands and thousands of hours over the course of my life into playing these games. I can still go back and play Punch-Out and now I'm good at it. Yeah, and true. same with Mega Man. Yeah. I play it until I got bored of it. I never played it because I died. And that's, I think that's why there's tutorials in every game because they're so scared of people not getting it and putting the pad down and never playing that game again. Mm. It's not a case of the mechanics being complicated. They're just scared of people getting bored. Not understanding. Yeah. And that's why the Marios and the Mega Mans are so good because they have no more than two ideas in them. Yeah. And they say, here they are. You press this button to do this and this button to do that. Yeah. And if you play Mega Man X, Mega Man X is a... The opening level of Mega Man X is probably the best design level of any game because... <laughs> obvious start, lies. There you go. Obvious it, lies. You start... <laughs> <laughs> you start and you just... It, everything is laid out for you. The gradual implementation of new enemies and new <laughs> mechanics, it's so perfect in so. terms of how you want to learn the game you press buttons and they do something on the screen that's immediate yeah and then you come across a different that you come across this boss within about 30 seconds and it's fucking huge and you start shooting it 
and it falls down and it drops you into this chasm. You think, well, I can't get out. And so you learn, oh, anyway, I can jump up walls. You never get told that you can jump up walls. But it just, it, it gives you the, it forces you to learn. It doesn't tell you, oh, you can actually do that. Yeah. You know, like Jim says, where the screen comes up. Yeah, it, doesn't, yeah. it doesn't say press A and right to jump up walls. It doesn't, it just forces you to learn and it does yeah. it so well and it's brilliant. Can you, ima- can you imagine if, t- if like TV and film started doing that? Like start, yeah. started assuming that the things they were referring to <laughs> like have to be explained to everyone. Yeah, like, like the beginning well, of every they do, episode, though, don't they? Like, they make a reference to the Louisiana Purchase, and then the game fuck, like the, the the film stops, and it like gives you a web link that you have to read before <laughs> you carry on. But it will consult Wikipedia, please, before we carry on. Yeah. This will be important later. But the same thing happens in in television and film, and you know exposition is in a lot of films and TV is really fucking bad. It's like... Exposition, fucking hell. Back to Battlefield Hardline. One of the first bits in the game is you sitting in a car that you're not even driving for 20 minutes while while your partner fucking explains the events of the last two weeks. Right, that is terrible. In the same way that having to turn around, having to have a character turn around in a film and essentially tell the audience what they should be thinking is is pretty bad yeah in games if i have to sit around <laughs> listening to that shit i would be out it's I'd be out Creed straight walking. away i'd be like yeah. fucking get out my face like yeah. stop treating me like a child i am a child essentially but you know uh, i think it was martin hollis was saying uh about goldeneye it's like yeah golden you couldn't do the you couldn't do the opening level goldeneye anymore because there's no tutorial of any it doesn't tell you how to switch weapons, doesn't tell you how to use the C-stick, doesn't tell you how to do yeah. the C-buttons. You pick up a sniper rifle in the first 55 seconds of the game, doesn't tell you how to fire it, doesn't tell you how to aim it, doesn't tell you how to switch between them. Fuck you, get on with it, you get it. I, right? do, yeah. I do think like, some games do need a tutorial. There have been some games where I've been, you know, you did tell me how your bizarre game works. Mm. But I do think these kind of fallen... By the way, a little bit. Smack yourself in the face. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you that's what happens when you pick you up your mic tutorial stands. for that mic stand. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You see, it's what I needed. But that's what I've been playing, and I will be playing. I've started the original Legend of Zelda again. Which, my gosh, if you want a game that fucking influenced everything, everything. You play the let's just out of push me. Go wherever you want. You yeah. want to go last boss, go last boss. I don't give a shit. Yeah, I don't care. Old Come man, gives go you... if you think you're hard enough. Exactly. It's just like, old man gives you a sword and goes fuck out of my cave. And that's it. <laughs> it does, you go. Imagine if that was the text. It's a sword. That fuck off. <laughs> out of my cave. But <laughs> thing is, there won't be any more Nintendo games now because they've. Uh, Segway. Yeah, because they've uh, signed that deal, haven't they? Mm. So now all of their games going to be on mobile. And now everything's over for Nintendo, except that that is not the case yes. whatsoever. Absolutely. And not. everyone's Look. just disregarded everything Iwata said this morning. Also, the thing is, if someone tells me, Miller, do you want to play Mario on your mobile? Probably. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? At least for two minutes. Like, do you remember I'll buy it? And then go, ah, not for me. But I still buy it. Yeah. I still play it. So it's just smart. Smart move. Well, Nintendo, I, I feel that a lot of the a lot of the deal because Nintendo have purchased, I think, ten percent of the company, and that company has taken what one point six percent or something. One point two four, I think. One point two four, I read. Or, yeah. Of of Nintendo, you know, it's a deal that works for both platforms yeah. because that's what Nintendo need is an in in the future, and they should have done it in the past as an actual platform. Mm. You know, mm. we're starting to get, and we have been for a while, into you know decentralized content and you know all the stuff that you can. You, you can play on X, then you can transfer to Y, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Now, Nintendo, obviously, that they've had a little, well, a lot harder time transitioning out of that because their hardware is bespoke. It's built for purpose mm. to play their games. So that's yeah. the natural stumbling block. However, 
as some people have been saying, and I'm, I'm sorry I'm not going to credit you because I've forgotten, but do not get fucked as opposed to the other people. <laughs> <laughs> that, you know, some people are saying this works great for Nintendo because they get their the back end built for them by their, another firm and all they have to do is throw some cursory games out mm. to begin with. And companion See apps. how it works. I reckon the NX, and I've been saying this for a couple of years now, is essentially... A almost like a smartphone device, which can be, which then beams everything to your television and can be used with another controller. Yeah, yeah. So it's a handheld that you put in a dock and it goes into your television. And who else better do it? Who else does? You know, yeah. the, the PSP and the PSV, they, they try and they're good machines, but they never. But they're not built around that functionality. No, exactly. They? And they never reach the, the, the level. The problem that, with no. placed, uh, Sony's approach to handhelds is that they try and take a home console and yes. squeeze it into a, a handheld format. Mm. It's like Nintendo design a handheld oh, machine to play games on. I think that's actually quite smart from Sony as well because I think trying to compete directly with Nintendo wouldn't work mm. anyway. So I th- actually think them creating the... I mean, you know, it's, the it's an approach that really end. suits the Sony way of thinking. Yes. But I think the end result is not something that's... That's not as accessible. ...really good... Uh, a really good handheld gaming device. It's mm. just something that's sort of okay at emulating. It's more of a gadget, console. isn't it? It's more of a gadget. <laughs> yeah. than a thing. It is a gadget. That's yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah, but I, I think that it's just smart from, from Nintendo. It, it mm. almost shows some humility as well. We know yeah. what we're good at, and we know what we're not good at. Well, so let's water, try and. Though. It's humility from Iwata because he's been the only one who's been resistant to it. So all the people below him in saying, look, we need to mm. adapt now. And he's like, no, no, we're a games company. Mm. We make these games. These are what we're good at. This yeah. is what we're going to stick to. And they're all like, come on. And now finally. All right, it's about five, six years too late. But. but it goes down to even the most basic stuff. Like, you know, if you're trying to connect to the internet on your 3DS, fucking hell, this microphone's driving me nuts. But you can't... <laughs> you keep trying yourself with it. And that, that wasn't that time. That time you just moved a bit. It was as ghost is getting you back. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, you know, the 3DS, I don't think the Wii U does it as well. I can't think of the top of my head. But it would bleep. Mm-hmm. And the reason it would bleep is just to let you know... I mean, we know it's taking a long time, but the bleep is there so that you know it is working. This yeah. is just how long we take. Yeah. And if that is your, you know, and if that's where that kind of stuff is, you do need help with it. And I think mm. it's, look, there's no way Nintendo are ever going to sell out their core values now. There's no yeah. need. It's proven to be a success. It'll be a success again in the future. Admittedly, they've hit a bit of a dip, you could argue, with the mm. Wii U. Yeah. But it's still got some games on it that you wouldn't find anywhere else. And they will find their feet again. They're not going anywhere. No. Nintendo. And this just helps. Just open the vault and then just take a little bit out and they'll be all right again. Yeah. For the next 10 years but the thing is well they've also announced and I don't want to get the terminology wrong but this sort of subscription service that will work across all their new platforms I think mm-hmm. it's cool but like, and the problem that Nintendo always has is when they announce things really early like this the ideas and speculation that people make like on GAF in, now between us it becomes so much more than what anything that Nintendo is currently discussing like we was talking the other day about what if Nintendo did a Netflix type service of their entire back catalogue. Like Miller, has just played Mario 3. Like Miller, I should be the service. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he's played Mario 3 the other day. Imagine if he was paying 5, 10, 15 pounds a month for the Nintendo back catalogue across all their consoles, Nintendo, SNES, NES, mm. N64, and all that. And then the amount of people that would probably pay for that on their new console across the multi-platforms. And that seems like a really good idea, but it's probably not something that they would consider. If it's not, yeah, yeah. I, I think now that, you know, the the there was a lot of thinking about the Japanese firms in terms of Zaibatsus and stuff and, and yeah. how they operate and how they were vertically integrated and, and all that sort of stuff in the 90s mm. uh, and the Japanese economy tanks and all that sort of shit. Obviously, Nintendo is uh, uh, was affected and stuff like that. But I think that if Nintendo had, you know, if we can have the idea, they can have the idea. So mm. either it's unworkable mm-hmm. or it's not as profitable yeah. Or it's against their core values. Now, yeah. I'm not sure it's necessarily the last one. 
Mm. Yeah, it can't be. Nintendo just like strike me like for a long time they've been like the 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 gaming industry equivalent of 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 black cab drivers. Like you know, yeah. Like they, they I was speaking to a cabbie last week who was talking about how like the reason Uber have fucked um the like black cabs in London isn't just because they keep undercutting them on price. It's because of the accessibility. It's because people now would much rather press a button mm. and have a cab outside you know they don't have to speak to anyone they don't have to you don't have to phone anyone yeah. press a button it's there i get in it i go where i want to go you don't even have to Whereas, say a like, single fucking word which is great it's I hate amazing people. it's amazing you just get and you don't even have to say hello to the driver you just get in the back <laughs> yeah it's amazing yeah <laughs> But Off like, you go, mate. But of course, like, but, <laughs> but still, we, we live in that world where we can press a button and basically get anything we want, mm. which is insane if you think about it. Yeah. But we, we live in that world now, but still, like, most of the black cabs you see in London don't take cards. You know, you, you, you can't, you can only hail them by standing at, at the street side. You have to have mm. cash in your, who the fuck carries cash anymore? No. Yeah. You have to carry cash. Like, and that that that's basically the reason why Uber, Uber has managed to make such a dent in the cab business. It's mm. the same with Nintendo. They are they are the cab drivers. Yeah, they they, they, they are operating. So on... this just sounds like some kind of poem. Sorry, Nintendo. <laughs> they're, they're they op- are the cab drivers. <laughs> they're operating on, on, on like for so long they've been operating on, on principles. Yeah, that, exactly. that were compatible with you know with with the world of fifteen years ago. That classic. They the world will change to us. That. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You can't just keep. Doing Doing that shit. Yeah. This is a really positive step in the right mm. direction that maybe shows that they've realised they need to catch up. Yeah, yeah. And so, what if it doesn't work? Who, what what has Nintendo lost? Nothing. Yeah. Someone's built the 1. infrastructure. Two four percent of their shares. Or oh, whatever. but it will so work. just That's, dilute those shares. Be like, you're out anyway. That's the thing. It will work because they're they're fixing problems they have. It's, it's yeah. a fix for a problem. So even if it doesn't work, the problem still exists. But it will work because it's what they need help with. They've got the help. And they've and announced a new console. Exactly. Like, it's not like they've well, gone. Everything's be, dead. That would be the most important thing. Is what that, the, the direction they take with the new console? Because obviously it will tie into everything they're doing at the minute. So if they come out and say this, because the, the the scary part of that quote was they said with a unique new concept. So you, it's clear that they want to do something different from the other guys, which they always do, but it's how they take that forward. Mm. If it is, like you say, a unified device that can go portable, it can be docked at home and it connects to everything, then that's great. And it's still different for them. But if they still try and say, oh, we're doing something different, this time you get two game pads or something like shit like that. Then it's like I don't fucked. think they can. I think they've, you know, I think they've realised, or Nintendo would have realised which way the wind is blowing mm. in terms of in terms of hardware. And they were bound it, to eventually. It mm. wouldn't surprise me if something they announce soon is very much like Xbox and PlayStation as well. It wouldn't surprise me at all if they go, you know what, let's go, let's turn the clocks mm. back the way we look at it and release a straight up video game console that everybody understands, everybody knows. I'm not saying they wouldn't do something else like this sort of mm. all-in-one thing, mm. but they, they, you know, something they do is just, this is our PlayStation, this is our Xbox. If we can go on to, this is a good jumping on point for questions, actually, because the very first question, this is questions now, by the way, we're starting, <laughs> we're starting the question segment mid-sentence, right. Okay, like Shane Rafferty asks, what do you think that, I mean, Bird's already answered this, really, but what do you think the Nintendo NX is? Home console, handheld, or something different probably a blend of the yeah i think burns is right but i don't think it's going to be so different from the console as we know it it's i mean it's Mm. obviously still going to be a box that you play games on but um i think it uh, could even be the nx bit could even be the bit that connects 
whatever Nintendo's new hardware is to uh, 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 handheld is to their new sort of console. Maybe mm. that's like a, a peripheral, uh, not peripheral, but a gateway between the two. You just don't because the thing is, the 3DS, knowing how Nintendo like to deal with the handhelds, is probably due not just like an upgrade, but like uh, you know the next step in it. So we had you know two. The thing years is, they have and, just done that, so it will be a whole refresh. That's what I mean. It'd be yeah. a whole, it'd be a whole, whole new thing, yeah. and maybe that ties into this. And then maybe you know if you're going to announce next year, you're probably not releasing for another year. So maybe they, they feel that the Wii U's mm. had its had its run and it was, it's time to do it again. So does feel like Zelda will be the, definitively the last massive. So they game did they with do. Wii. The Wii yeah. Skyward Sword was kind of the last well, game, and then you got the DS line, and you got their their home console line turning into a thing with a second screen. It did feel like that was the start of some kind of convergence plan, mm-hmm. but you know, yeah, that's, uh, that'll be the last three consoles where Zelda's the last game. Yeah, it was GameCube, well. yeah, yeah, Wii, and then now Wii U. Widening the question out a bit, mm. Michael Pachter, my old mate, Michael yeah. Pachter, <laughs> he's been saying for ages that this is going to be the last generation of consoles. What do we think about that? How does he mean? What does he mean? As in, after after this console generation, with you know your, your Xbox One, your PS4, and whatever Nintendo do next, um, there will be no more consoles after that. It'll all be like cloud-based services. Is that bollocks? I, yes. I don't think it's ready yet. I think it might be the last time we keep buying discs at retail yeah. for, the, and then because the problem is now where digital is more expensive than retail. Then that's the last console cycle where that will that's be the starting case. To shift, though, isn't it? They're yeah. starting to become more reasonable. I think they'll be more like Steam boxes, and I don't mean Steam boxes the way they are now because they're overpriced and all that shit that goes with them. I mean in the sense of they'll be more like PCs where you buy everything digitally because of the price variation that we get, and then it'll be cheaper to buy games in that regard. We'll have massive hard drives, and then they might be upgradable and more modular in that instead of buying a new console every eighteen months, two years, we'll get a new component to then upgrade our systems mm-hmm. that way and the cycles will be a lot shorter in that regard but in yeah, terms yeah. of no more consoles I don't think it will be that way and it won't be cloud based yet because the infrastructure isn't there across the demographic that buys consoles at the minute yeah, consoles yeah. is a rather vague term isn't it yeah in it terms of really. what do you what do you I mean they're not necessarily I mean, just consoles the same anymore people have also been prophesying like the death of, of anything other than tablet gaming yeah, yeah. but also people like to buy Big things, yes. To, you know, break. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. you could you could argue that I don't know what could have died by now. Not the TV because it's different, but you could have. I'm sure somebody at some point where the TV will transform into you know, I don't know, the no, music industry. Well, yeah, example. exactly. But yeah. people like, you know, I like buying a mm. console and having it sat under my people TV. People still buy think. fucking turntables for Christ's sake, <laughs> <laughs> DJs. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I th- I think that <laughs> I do. I think the way that we kind of we're gonna use that word digest our games will change. But I don't mm. think that um, the consoles are gonna die that soon because the people like spending. They don't like spending a lot of money, ridiculous but, amounts of money. But they do though. They, <laughs> they do. do. They like, showing it, they they like do. showing it off. Yeah. You get yeah. home and because it's big and because it's like shiny and shit, you think, man, I've just spent a lot of money on this. I'm excited. It's exciting. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's something. It's, it's new and exciting. And I don't think. I don't think that's going anywhere, you know, within the next 10 years. I do think, yeah, I think Brett's right. I think disc will finally, you know, the, the idea, the, the original idea of the Xbox One will come back. Yeah. Mm. But I don't think that... Oh, um, like, I, I can't wait until we until everything in the house is solid state. Because on, honestly, <coughs> the idea that uh, the uh, a really, really vital component of my, my 
PS4 is a fucking thing with a motor and an elastic band and a lens. <laughs> it's like, this is like, it's like some, some shit from fucking Victorian hey, times. It's Microsoft got some were going to do it and then the internet told them, nope. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up, Microsoft. Well, they, they couldn't have done it when they wanted to because like, as Brett said, we don't have the infrastructure well, for security. Also, they wanted to I though. Cannot, I cannot wait for a world where that doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. I don't want things to move inside that box. Yeah. Just it, make it silent, solid well, state. Buy a Mega and, Drive then. <laughs> that's a good point actually there you go but, am I um, wrong nope but you know fucking nope. past um, anyway uh, next question Luke Russell asks do you think that as more games are being announced at non-E3 events E3 is losing its influence on the industry has I anything think he, really changed on that front no I mean people E3 is I mean Burns were talking about the day E3 is a concept of like the days gone by because E3's the internet just came along isn't it? don't you ever insult Wrestlemania <laughs> like that again Jim I'll come over there but it's true, like back in the day where you didn't have this kind of, you know, information superhighway, e, that's what E3 was there for, is that mm. this is the day and it will go out, you know, we'll say, basically say one big massive press release at once and every, yep. all the mags and stuff will pick it up. Whereas now, you can go to E3 without going to E3. Mm. I mean, in many ways, it's almost, you know, I'm not shitting on going to E3, but it's staying sort of this side of the pond or whatever and watching E3, all you're doing, you're getting exactly the same stuff probably getting more because it's so easy to miss stuff when you're over there but you're not running mm. around everywhere yeah. so I don't think E3 will lose its gravitas because I think some companies especially Sony and Microsoft will always use it to announce big games because that's tradition mm. people like it people get excited about it and more importantly there's so much information and Microsoft and Sony can go but look who's got the most attention. It, you know, it's, it's uh, I'm sure to stop the shareholders, especially it looks, you know, mm. it, it looks really uh, good. But I mean, E3 will continue because people like fucking prancing around on stage. Well, I was That's about to say, true, yeah. E3 isn't really about it's announcing pageantry big games. I was about to say, it's not yeah. about announcing big games. It's about one company beating the other. Mm. And if one company is big enough to say, well, we're stepping back from this because we think it's bollocks the way we do it all Nintendo at once. Did they, didn't they? Yeah, it's but I mean, one of the other two. It's basically gaming's fucking North Korea parade, isn't it? But, <laughs> but to be fair to E3, it is fun. I, I, people do enjoy it, watching it the, the um, how do they call them? Stage the conferences. They enjoy oh, watching yeah. the conferences. They enjoy what's going to come out. They enjoy the big reveal at the end. So they do have a certain it, uh, it, you know majesty fun. to them. It was amazing. Good. Like, I mean, as, as you all know, like last last year was the first time I'd ever been out there for E3. But I did have to laugh often at the absurdity of me and fucking uh, Scammel sitting in a hotel room, a ten minute walk away from the venue, streaming. Yeah fucking trying to watch a conference on a shitty Wi-Fi connection, knowing full well that there were people back home like who know what's going on because, and we didn't. So it's like, you know, it's, it's kind of diminishing returns really. Yeah. Mm. But now I, 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 I think... you got the further you were away. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. They won't go anywhere. Um, I don't think they should go anywhere either. I, I do I do like them, but I do think that, I mean, Rockstar prove it each time. They don't even turn up at E3. Mm. Like, we're Rockstar games. You know? Sometimes they do in the secret press room. Oh, that's true, uh, yeah. With, well, the first year we went, it was 2013. Yeah. Yeah. They upstairs next to um, in next to Sony's press room. There was just people <laughs> sliding out with lanyards that said GTA Five. I'm like, fuck these guys. They just go and the the looks on their face were like, don't fucking talk to me. <laughs> get out of whatever queue. Get the fuck out of my way right now. I don't think it'll go anywhere. I think you need that's, that. Uh, the, the, that's what Rockstar employees are like in coffee shops in Edinburgh. Oh, <laughs> you, you always well, know when one's around. Oh, yeah, ben, I don't know what you just said. But it made me, <laughs> no, 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 there's more to that. But it made me think, 
It, it, gaming does need it. You've got to have your Super Bowl. You're right. You've got to have your WrestleMania. You've got to have your big event. Mm. Otherwise, you you know. I'm sorry about that, Simon. No, no, you're right. You're right. You've got to have your, your central event that comes around. You just do. Otherwise, you. It's just good press. Right. Yeah. What, 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 what was the WCW equivalent of WrestleMania? <laughs> Starcade. Starcade. Yeah, no. It's, okay, no there we that's, go. That's, that's what E3 is. <laughs> uh, maybe it could be War Games. War Games. What a great concept. Four oh. rings. Um, <laughs> that was fucking. Or they're the best event ever, and people get mad. Now he's talking about wrestling again. But when TNA had the match where usually you know you have a match where you have to throw people over the top rope the TNA all we can do is everyone starts outside the ring and the goal is to get in the ring and it's the worst <laughs> worst fucking match card people trying to get into the ring anyway uh, I think E3 is important what I think happens you when stay. they got in won <laughs> that's like a, a big metaphor but for the sperm and egg yeah stupid things you need to talk about that you need to talk about Judy Bagwell on a forklift match which happened in <laughs> WCW <laughs> And you need to talk about the time Robocop turned up and helped Sting. Oh, right. If, These are the three things you need to talk about right, when wrestling. Just do that. It, no matter what, you, you know, wherever you are, just put that into search engine or Twitter or Facebook and it will... It is, Robocop turned up to help Sting. Yeah. What was it on Capital? What was that called? Uh, Capital the event. It's called, I don't know, something like that, but oh, it's what? just incredible. <laughs> Break some stuff, rip some doors off. Yeah. Cheers, Robocop. <laughs> Robocop See turned you later. up. Anyway, that's that. Ipso facto, keep E3 around. <laughs> wasn't even the question. I watched a TNA video on, on YouTube. Why? Uh, recently, mate. <laughs> no, you know, just you're dicking about in YouTube where I was actually just watching videos about Sting, actually. And uh, it's this bizarre t- sort of TNA bit where fucking um, Hulk Hogan, an elderly Hulk Hogan, is being like being squared up to by this fucking biker gang and <laughs> rips his shirt off to reveal like the fucking the, the flabby old man Hulk Hogan <laughs> that nobody wants to see uh, like scaring nobody yeah. <laughs> and then this this Except biker gang this biker gang were like whoa <laughs> the old man's taking his shirt off let's be careful lights go off meds. lights go off Sting turns up starts fucking leathering them all with a baseball bat mm. and that was it and everyone went Wrestling. fucking weld for it Towards the end, they should have had it where Hulk ripped his vest to reveal just another vest. It's just, <laughs> <laughs> just to hide the flag. It's, oh, it's just, uh, yeah, it's just all, all, old man intimidated by young biker gang. A lot of people have asked that we talk about wrestling one day, so maybe we'll do that. But for now, <laughs> we won't. For now, we're just going to talk about it when it's not appropriate. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, Alex Vaughn, more of a statement than a question, but uh, he says, Miller's laugh makes me feel like all the troubles of the world have disappeared and I'm floating on a cloud made of love. Yep. There we well, go. It's a lovely compliment. That's, the, there that's probably me. the nicest thing anyone's ever said about my laugh. The only thing, the only, the story I only ever tell about my laugh, and Burns, you would remember it, is when we used to work at a place, we've mentioned this a few times, Imagine Publishing, which was like a big L shape in terms of the office. Mm-hmm. And I was like at one, the top of the L. And some, no, so I was at the bottom of the L and people at the top of the L. And people at the top of the L go, Millie, you know, we can hear your laugh <laughs> all the way from the other end of the office. Like, well, there's not much. A lot of people think my laugh is fake. I get a lot of tweets saying, I get, that as well. I get a lot of tweets saying, why do you do that fake laugh? And it's like, I haven't got the time <laughs> to create time. Exactly. exactly it's just my laugh but thank you very much who was that who said that it was uh, Alex Vaughn well Alex I appreciate it thank you very much uh, Murray Illman asks what is the circumference of Miller's Dome what is this <laughs> it started so well what a transition I that do was. have a my head is so big that sometimes I try on those hats that say you know size fits all doesn't fit and it's like well <laughs> what, what do you do yeah it's pretty big I've got a pretty big head but um, never mind and uh, Jason Allen Dewey asks, is Miller... No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> if you could remove anything from gaming, what would you remove and how... And 
Assassin's Creed. What would you remove and how would it change the present? I'm going to ignore that, Miller. Uh, Nintendo fans. (laughs) Nintendo fans would just go. That means I got to go. No, no, no. I mean, hardcore. Oh, okay, fair enough. Like right. crazy. So I would go, those Nintendo. Fans. I would go for Sonic fans. Um, what about Paul Sven though? It, it wouldn't really change the industry in any conceivable <laughs> Two way. Two people, David <laughs> Sven, would pack their bags and walk off. Exactly. There you go. It's like you know, sorry, two dozen people. But Eugene yeah. would be like, so what? Like, <laughs> he wouldn't care, would he? What? So what I want to get rid of to make it games for the better? Is that the question? Well, how would it change? Just, just what would you remove and how would it change? What I remove? Well, I'd remove the the, the, the hor- horrific negativity around yeah. games, and it would change for the better. Mm. I don't mean people being negative about games, but I mean appreciating someone not liking the game, or and just being cool with it, just being like, "Hey, they don't like it. That's cool," mm. and just being yeah. a bit more diplomatic, being able to engage in debate without it becoming, you know, just taking shots at each other. Yeah. That's the first thing I get. Some of those shots are hilarious. Stop tre- like, I love video games, obviously, but. Uh, I'm often, I often think, like, stop treating them like they matter. Mm. Like, yeah, they're exactly. so much but better when they don't matter. That's the thing. But you, you can still get mad and not mad, but still be passionate and yeah, you know yeah, you treat yeah. a thing. But at the same time, just have that, yeah, that that kind of point where you stop and you go, you know yeah. what? It's all good. Like, you know, we, we don't agree on anything really or many no. games. But I don't care. It's yeah. all good. It doesn't matter. So I get rid of that. Put the other thing in the bin. <laughs> we do well. Get that in the bin. More than just gaff. Yeah, actually, just actually, do, yeah, get yeah, rid of get, get the rid, of, fuck rid of gaff. It's yeah, just so a place where people get angry, yeah. and then when they see comments that ex- expands upon their opinion, they get mad, and it just it bounces off. It's the same two people, <laughs> and it, it's all it is: two people bouncing off their own opinions. Two people with each and other. their sock puppet accounts. Oh. Basically, um, bring, <laughs> you know, bring bring back some posi- positivity into game. Can't say yeah, that. Yeah. Bring back some positivity into games. Absolutely. There you go. Like, I'm, I'm a great uh, you know great believer in the in the Oscar Wilde idea that you know the, the things that make life worth living are the pointless things. Oh yeah, yeah. games treat them like they're pointless because mm. they are. Yeah, exactly. Nobody needs video games. Exactly. That's, That's why they're brilliant. About. That's yeah. why it's. Amazing. And that's why you can have an impassioned debate where you, like, you lay into each other in a good way yeah. Yeah, and then go, yeah. on we go, move on, because it doesn't matter. Yeah. You can, you can exactly. do, it's the best exactly. thing you can, exactly. you know, I can tell Brett he's a fucking moron for not liking Battlefield. Oh, you're a dickhead, Miller. And then we go, fun, next, yeah. next, let's go, you know, get a sandwich or something. Every like morning that. I walk into the office, I, I flip you the bird. Yeah, that is true. Actually, I'm yeah. Yeah. I'm that's nothing to do with games, that's because you're a prick. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> I'd like to retract, I'd like to retract my one just very, very quickly. I'd like to say that I would keep Nintendo fans because I love the fucking oceans of boiled piss <laughs> every time. And it's great for my retweets and faves every time I wind them up. However, for the social power. I would definitely get rid of people who use the word bias in in a way which makes no sense. Especially when they when they mean biased. Yeah, when they mean biased, or they mean your opinion, which is naturally going to be biased by various factors. But also, genuinely, genuinely, if I ever felt my brain go, Simon, I think you should side with Sony in this, I'd throw myself a cliff. <laughs> I'd find a cliff and kill myself. Can like you imagine? I, just he puts his headphones down and just runs. Yeah, like, I don't care. Just, just, I don't care. Shit, Miller, Miller's fucking going full pelt towards <laughs> that window. <laughs> I hope I they all do well. It, I know, it makes no difference to me. It's like a fucking a massive crater on the Croydon High Street. Yeah. <laughs> what happened? Yeah. Miller. <laughs> Miller had a bad thought. <laughs> you open the window, you see he's just landed doing push-ups again like the outro. Damn skimping. Um, right, Harry Koo asks, is it possible to enjoy video games? No. Uh, yeah, is, it possible, is it possible to enjoy video games whilst being worse than shite at every game? Um, well, it must be because I'm terrible at it. I'm awful at video yeah. games. Mm. I'm fucking notoriously terrible at video games and I love them. So, yes. 
Obviously, obviously it is. Yeah. Burns is shy at video games, although he never. Nah, he's it. pretty. He's pretty good. Nah, hey guys, I saw him playing Hotline Miami. <laughs> mate. <It> was <laughs> fucking terrible. All I'm saying, guys, there's a bunch of trophies out there, and they ain't got your fucking name on it. He's not lying. Have you ever lost? A VG versus tournament nope. match or anything. Have nope. you not? There you go. That Nidhogg final How many was something you to behold. Miller? Huh? How many of you won? Well, it depends. <laughs> I've won mini ones. <laughs> mini. I got screwed in the Mario Kart one, which I should have won. We've oh, done that, though. We did won that one. Screen right. Uh, no, I don't think I've won any of them. Did you win the Mario Kart one? Of course I won the. Of course I won it. Did he? He won the Super Mario Kart one. Oh, you won I won Mario Kart. I won one oh, fair right. and square. What'd you win? And I won a second one. Uh, I didn't know that. What uh, did you win? Under controversial circumstances. <laughs> I won that screen ride. Oh, one. Wait, I lost Mario. Oh, of course you did. Yeah, uh, I was right there. Next yeah, to you. screen ride. The, yeah. uh, the the trials fusion one. I managed to beat Tom. Um, I felt like I got screwed over in that one as well. Because we fucked it. Yeah, I haven't won one yet. But I'm not good at games. Let Mario Kart Seven three. 3DS, unbeatable. Well, <laughs> you say that. The one game that we, we can't exactly. The yeah. one game that we can't capture for a video. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm good at Mario Kart Seven. That's what I'm saying. I'm very very good the evidence. As soon as we're able to fucking emulate that, it's on. Um, right. I think that's uh, it's about all we've got time for. If mm. uh, talking about subscription services that heavily feature <laughs> Miller, uh, if you're a member of the Video Gamer Community Club. You will now get an extra bit after the outro music. But I may not be on it though. You might not be on. I think someone's it. tagging in. I don't know. Yeah, we've got to figure in. out. I think so. We've got to go figure it out. Wow. Okay. Right. Okay. But thanks very much for listening. Thanks, uh, guys. Appreciate cheers. it. Yeah. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Bye.